This is the Mohead Y'all Show, showcasing the newest and oldest beer style. Heady conversations. Behind the scenes clips. And subscriber exclusives. Do you like craft beer? We, we do, do too. I'm Ann Million Blair. And I'm Deacon Brother Trent. Get ready to pour heavy. What's up, Adam? Not much, man. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing great. Doing great. Yeah, yeah. happy Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice well, we're I'm not sure about by you, but we're uh we're a little rainy and cool. We we sent we sent some of the kids out to the pumpkin patch this morning. So, you know, it's that time of year. It oh, yeah. really is. It's officially Halloween weekend. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's right. Tuesday, Tuesday, right? Tuesday yeah, is on Halloween. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. Well, it's good to have you on here. <laughs> From you're in Ohio and yep. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Ah, Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm with uh I'm I'm with Sonder Brewing. Um, I'm director of brewing ops over there. Um, and so this whole area is new to me because we, we moved down here three years ago. Um, I took a job as head brewer at Cartridge Brewing, which was a new project at the time. Um, okay. And that kind of got open during kind of the whole the whole COVID thing. Um, so that was that was an interesting time to be to be open in a spot. And then actually, uh, the the Sonder thing has just been uh, a, a couple of months now. So oh. I started I started at Sonder in in August of this year. So, so yeah, yeah. How do how do you get into the game? Well, so I taught at risk kids for ten years uh, before getting into uh, before getting into brewing, and uh, I got in. I ended up getting into home brewing. And then um, finding out that I could both judge beer and compete with beer, um, which uh, especially I I'm still competitive. Uh, but as a nice. younger man, I think those competitive fires <laughs> probably definitely burned uh, hotter than they do now. But so I, I went full force into that stuff. And uh, that was when podcasts were were starting to pop off. So like early 2000s and I got hooked up with uh, a podcast called The Brewing Network, which had a, a ton of great brewing information, still does, a lot of great interviews. And uh, through some successes in the homebrew uh, competition world, it put me on the shortlist for a new brewery that was opening in the town I was living in at the time. So I took a sabbatical from teaching. I, Like I said, I taught for 10 years. I took that sabbatical and then... Uh, I haven't gone back. So yeah, I've been doing that for about the last 13, 14 years now. Living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. Right. But no, so yeah, it, it's been good. And it, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a switch up, obviously. Um, going from from working with kids to uh to to the beer thing. But I think it's been um especially as especially as my career has grown or actually probably more 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 accurately as i've grown um i still definitely love um making beer i'm very passionate about it um i always I, i'm always one of those constant improvement type guys um but for me and especially in a situation where i'm in right now with sonder um you know having a team to work with and to help develop um, is is really really exciting for me. I, I think that um, at least on par 
Um, I'm as passionate about um, working with people um, and and trying to help facilitate other people's success is is as rewarding as the beer side. One hundred percent. You know, because because you can win you can win medals, you can win awards, um, and the, the the shine lasts on that only for only for so long. You know what I mean, and and it's that it's that people side of things that uh, uh, keeps the fire burning a little bit longer. So, anyways, that that's kind of oh, pun intended for sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Tell you said uh, you had some successes in home brewing and whatnot. So, talk a little bit about that. So, you transition. You were, I guess, you were one one foot in teaching and one foot in the brewing, and yeah. The, the fact that you actually was having some success mm -hmm. really pushed you over the edge, so to speak. Talk about uh, some of that success that you had. Sure. So when I started, when I started brewing at home, um, in short order, I, I really went from you know I, I would make some beer to drink and for like camping weekends or, or for a party or something like that. But um, my wife and I had already started our family at that time. My 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 two oldest sons were. We're, we're, we're littles at that point. But, um, and so I started very much focusing on, I, I really just got to a point where I was just brewing for competition. So I would brew five gallons that would get packaged all of it and then put into the cellar. And then I would brew again. And you, what I would usually do is I would schedule things out. So right before big competitions, I would brew beers that would have to be uh, served fresh. Um, but a lot of other stuff, um, I would just build up a backlog of beers. And so I was able to enter tons of competitions and uh, enter a lot of beers. So like the last time I entered the Michigan, the Michigan, I think it was called the Michigan Brewers Cup. It used to be called the Michigan State Fair Competition. Um, back then when you were getting like eight, 900 entries in that competition, um, I would drop, you know, 35 entries in a competition. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Damn, bro, you was going hard. Well, yeah. Right. And so like, and so for me, what I would do is I would enter beers and like, I would taste them like, uh, like before they went into the competition. Um, and then like, again, afterwards, like looking at score sheets and stuff like that. But for me, it was, it was really strictly about entering competitions, um, and so, yeah, I, everything I brewed was for, was for competition. Um, I leaned really heavily on the book called, uh, Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishef and John Palmer. Um, yep, and even mm -hmm. now, e even now on the, even now on the pro side, if there's a, if there's a classic beer style that, that I've not made before, I'll, I'll go back and break down the like the grist percentages and IBU. Like I'll I'll always look at that as like a really valid starting point. You know, some things change over time. You know, like if you go back and look at that book and and you're looking for American IPA or the way the way in which like longer term sour beer were being made at the time. Like there there's a couple of things that are dated in there. But it, you know, if if you want to go back and, and brew some beautiful German style beers you can scale those beers up and get really, really close to where you want to be. And so I was using, so that's kind of a, between that book and the Brewing Network, which Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer have also done work with Brewing Network. I mean, that was really the the formative stuff for me, you know? Um, and so really it was just getting in, making as many different beers as I could um, so I could enter as many different categories as I could. And it was a really good way for me to learn the ingredients, 
you know? Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And so like right now I, I always say that when, when I originally got that recipe book, you know, I read it like a recipe book, but now like I hit a point where when I, when I look at that book, like you read it a little bit more like a story, right? Like I can look at how he's building German beers, how he's building English beers. And, and it's like more of like overall concepts of, of like how he's trying to uh, accomplish X, Y, and Z with those approaches. Um, So, yeah, so that's how I got, that's how I got into it. Um, And, uh, and so, yeah, so I, I I'd had successes on that side with with as aggressive uh, as I was pursuing it, because, you know, it's it's pretty atypical for, you know, most people that are entering homebrew competitions are a little more reasonable uh, than what I was doing. Uh, so, yeah. Right. You were treating it like you were already a professional brewer going into the homebrew scene. Oh, right? yeah. You're already yeah. treating it like that. So that's you yeah. already kind of had an advantage, I think, in my opinion, on on, on most homebrewers, because they don't treat uh competitions like actual brewers like jbf and whatnot they just sure. kind of treat it as as this uh going to the state fair cup and whatever it's whatever yep. but you came into it guns blazing so oh cool. yeah. yeah yeah and and that that was the thing like and and so um i don't know i've always been one of those people where it's like there's no if it ain't love it ain't mohead y'all part of that mohead y'all love is drinking responsibly we always tell y'all to pour heavy but you gotta make sure you're doing it safely be responsible buy a house to drink in van hoy real estate is here to meet all of your needs you can expect an artistic and cultured yet safe and strategic vantage on your next transaction for Mohead Yo listeners, Van Hoy Real Estate works of Keller Williams Area 812. Let Van Hoy Real Estate help you navigate your home buying dreams. Give them a call at 812-900-2823 or visit taylorvanhoy.kw.com. Van Hoy Real Estate. Your home, your investment, your realtor. Working the hardest to put you on the map. No. We always... There's no halfway, right? Right. There's that, do that, or do not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's no that try. I, there's there's something that uh there's something that's something that I've worked on as as the years go by but uh but yeah it, it's 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 kind of one of those things where there was not it's like well yeah either I'm going to do this or I'm not going to you know um yeah and it's it's one of those things where you know I I've had to I I had to change over time you know like I've had to in order for me to enjoy my career in pro brewing i had to change like what what my goals were you know because I, I i remember sitting down with you know some of i i've got I, i've always been super blessed with like just like really amazing people around me and uh i i have i have that group of people in the, in the brewing community and i and i was talking to some of them one time and i'm like you know like okay so gabf world beer cup like just so say for argument's sake, you can get, you can enter five beers. If I won five golds, how long would I be happy with that? Interesting. Right. The flip side, because I know full well, like that'll feel good. Like if, if, if I feel good about it for more than six weeks, I would be surprised, but I know by two months it would be gone because in my head, the way I thought at the time, my, my, my thought process would be is, well, if I don't do it again, it wasn't real in the first place okay and then i started saying oh you sound like a crazy person like that's not like that's not a reasonable way you know what i mean like like i would never tell my i would never tell my son that 
You know what I mean? Like, like I, or, or somebody I cared about, I would never tell them, well, that's a healthy way to approach what you do for a living. Um, <laughs> you know, um, because at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's what, it's what I do to pay the bills. Right. Um, you know, like if, if Sonner didn't pay me, I wouldn't go there. Right. Um, Facts. You, Facts. you know, you know, so, um, but yeah, so like some, some things have changed for me over time a little bit. And I think it's made, um, I, I think it's made my my time in the industry a little bit more sustainable um, because I know people do burn out and, and we hear that uh, kind of increasingly. Um, I mean, it happens in every industry, but, you know, there's been some articles popping up uh, w- within the within the craft beer space, touching on some of this stuff. And I think it's one of the things that that's going to give my career more longevity um, is is the fact that, you know, I'm kind of I, I've kind of reframed uh, what you know, how, how I approach it. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So let's uh, pump the brakes in reverse for a second. So what, sure. what was that first beer that you went, Oh, that's what beer actually tastes like, or that this is why I want to brew or or what have you. Sure. Well, I think, um, so the reason I started home brewing was, is we started throwing, uh, when we my when my wife and I were just a young married couple, we started throwing uh, an Oktoberfest party because we realized how difficult it was around that time of year to like get your loved ones together, like your friend loved ones, because they're all doing family stuff, right? So we're like, well, let's do let, let's do an Oktoberfest party. So that was a good way to get to get people together. And uh, one day when when we were wrapping the party up, my buddy and his wife were leaving, and he was like, next year you should make the beer for this. I'm like, all right. So we had a great homebrew shop. And so I was living in Michigan at the time. Um, and I was actually working in Grand Rapids uh, and Siciliano's Market. Uh, yeah, it's, Siciliano's. It's, yeah, man. It's a, I'm it's a, killer, it's a killer it's spot, killer man. Yeah, it yeah. Is. And uh, and so I, I I went in there and and got some equipment and, and ingredients and whatnot and and just started getting into it. And then at that time, my my one of my favorite beers was um it was a it was a British made uh, sweet stout, and um, I'm gonna butcher it right now. The only thing in my head right now is McKellar's, and I know that's not it. Um, but Mackesons, Mackesons had this uh, this sweet stout, this this little lactose stout, and and for me, stout had always been like it's it's Guinness, right? Like it's 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 really roasty. It's it's a pretty firmly bitter beer. It's a dry beer, so it like maximizes that bitterness too. Right. So, um, but then I I tried that sweet stout, that Maccasins and I'm like, Oh wow, this is so soft and round. You know, like there's layers of flavor here, you know? So sweet stout was one of the first beers that I I really started chasing. And it was kind of built off of that Maccasins type, uh, Maccasins type beer that I used to, that I used to buy in mix sixes and whatnot when I was first getting into it. So, yeah. When was that when you first started getting into it? Uh, mid, mid two thousands, early mid two thousands. And, uh, and it was one of those things where at the time, like it's still such a, it's still such a novelty. Like the ABV thing was such a novelty, right? Like, oh, you can buy a beer that's 9%. You can buy a beer that's 12%, you know, and that's, uh, it's, it's crazy to you. Right. And, um, and so I went through that and I still have, I still have a sweet spot for, for some of the, for some of the, the big Belgian beers, um, I love uh I, I love the the Chimay beers. 
I took a I, I took a, a a whirlwind two and a half day trip to to Belgium just before I got into the pro side with a couple of buddies, and so I'll always have a sweet spot for 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 those beers and those Trappist type beers. Um, so yeah, it was just a it was just one of those things where like there there wasn't anything I you know there 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 isn't any there isn't any beer style that's not fascinating to me you know what i mean and it's it's just one of those things that like especially if um it's not especially if but like in my mind whenever i'm drinking a beer i'm trying to understand what makes it um either refreshing or like crave worthy how are they striking balance so like there there's all these these dials and levers right that you can be you can be tweaking to to create different things and 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 like kind of from a from a culinary standpoint, even I I, I really enjoy just thinking about beer like that. So th there's not a whole lot of beer that I can't appreciate and kind of geek out on a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's because even light even light light stuff, you know. And, and sometimes people like to you know take shots at Bub Miller Coors products and whatever. And <laughs> and day. I remember and I remember when we were I, I was down visiting a buddy in New Orleans. And uh, it was summertime and it was it was like it was like 105 degrees, like 99 percent humidity. And you walk outside and it's like you're just like you just walked into a giant mouth, man. It's it's hot and it's humid. <laughs> and, and then and all my and all my and all my boys wanted to mm. buy me like these big <laughs> these big 10 percent beers and stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is not we can't be drinking this like yeah. this is we're just going to die. Right. You know, th this beer that has, you know, like five or six Play-Doh left in it or whatever. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, so you're drinking syrup. And I'm like, there, there's a time and place for it, but but not when not not when you're walking around in stew. You know what I mean? Right. So, Facts. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. The mouth of America is New Orleans. <laughs> it's, it's it's wild down there, man. It it's is. a whole and, and being you know I've, I've been for the the Midwest my whole life, man. It's it's a yeah, different yeah. scene. That was the different. first time, and, and this might seem weird, but like I had never seen a porch with with like a with like a ceiling fan on it, right? Because oh, um, by right. me, like that just that wasn't a thing. It's like you, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, like porches with ceiling fans and everything's hot man all the time it's wild the big dirt always <laughs> hot always hot great beer always hot great beer always <laughs> hot wow what you said you uh you really like those belgians what what kind of styles as you as you see the industry as it, coming up with all kinds of crazy different every anything, everything everything sure. everything me and trent we were just sending messages back and forth about it yesterday it's like what what is beer even anymore right? right what do you what are some of your thoughts on some of these new styles and crazes and varieties and adjuncts and just yeah. the things that people are doing with beer where you're like wow is this even beer i don't even know sure yeah and, and i think it, it's it's all it's all answering the call for accessibility right so like we have i think hazy ipa is is an offshoot of people saying we want approachable beer 
So sometimes, sometimes people will say, oh, I, I don't like hoppy beer. But what they really mean is I don't like bitter beer. You ain't wrong. Because because we'll say hoppy and, and, and we'll just kind of think of that as bitterness. But really, we have flavor, aroma and bitterness. Right. So a lot of times when people are voicing when they say I don't like bitter beer. And listen, sometimes people are, um, are really, really sensitive to bitterness. My wife. You can almost, I, I mean, even the, the the most gently bittered beer on earth tastes bitter to her, but that's just mm. a personal palate thing. Mm -hmm. Certain people taste things at different levels. But what I but what I see is I see hazy IPA as as answering the call for accessible beer. The all of the, you know, all of the 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 crazy fruited beers that are like 47% puree, right? So it's actually half beer, half puree. That's an accessibility thing. People want juice boxes, right? And, and that's not me just being, and that's not me being like catty about it either, right? right. It's just like, what it is, is though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so like increasingly, I think we're we're seeing, we're trying to scratch that itch for people that, I mean, back when I was young, there was, I mean, they had those old Bartles and James commercials with the yes. old dudes with the wine coolers, yes. right? Yes. And, then, and then there's Zima, right? Yeah. And you, you see some crossover stuff with that right now, whether that be with like RTDs, you know, cocktails in a can, hard iced teas, um, you know, X Y seltzer, obviously. Um, and so I, I think I think things are moving in that direction because there is an increased demand for more approachable beer. Now, I also think and I'm not sure about where where you guys are at, but I think we see. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. Yo, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and Patreon. Patreon. Remember to enjoy responsibly. Take care of each other and always. Poor heavy. heavy.